Hey everyone, and welcome back to Fans React, Major Crimes Edition, where we will be discussing Sanctuary City Part 2, and handing out the awards for SAS Master General to basically everyone on the Major Crimes team. Okay, so two things I want to bring up before actually getting into the episode. Number one, in the beginning of the episode where it says previously on Major Crimes, who says that? I don't recognize the voice. <laughs> Hasn't it always been someone from the team, like Sharon or Provenza or Tao, that said that and not just a random person? Am I going insane? If anyone knows the answer to this and could call in and verify for me, that would be fantastic. Second of all, am I the only person that kind of squeals when the uh, sniffing dogs come back on screen? I'm the kind of person that when I walk by a dog or a cat, I go, oh, dog! And I just love them. Is it just me? It's probably just me. Okay, now that I've got that out of the way, <laughs> let's go on to more important things like what actually happened in the episode. Okay, real stuff now. Overall, as an episode, I felt like it was kind of slow. Um, more focus on the case in itself, um, which is fine because it's a five-episode arc and we really want to get into the story of things. Nothing really personal in terms of um, Shandy or Shandy. <laughs> we had a Andy and Rusty scene that I actually really loved, um, even though it seemed a little um, cold, I want to say. Maybe not cold, but almost seems like they're not quite at that father-son relationship, which I don't think they should be at this point, but I feel like they should be a little more warmer than they are. I'm going along with the temperature, <laughs> the temperature analogies here, because that's just what's coming to mind at 9 o'clock at night right now. Um, and then we had Rusty at... Oh no, before Rusty at the gun range was when Sharon came into his room and was like, WTF, you want a gun? Sure. What am I going to do? Um, and then it was Rusty at the gun range who was completely ignoring anything that his mother says and just shooting for the hell of it and hoping that if Stro does come up to his face, he's just going to shoot him? <laughs> I don't know. I found it kind of odd that um, Sharon wasn't more like angry at him for not listening to her. Kind of like, alright, you're an adult. I get that. Trust me, I get it. But um, can we like pay attention to when I'm talking about a gun because that's like important and stuff <laughs> this is not shit to deal to mess around with right it's not shit to mess around with um and oh hey let's talk about how <clears throat> the team basically shits on the fbi <laughs> i have never seen such fbi 
hatred before <laughs> with the team. And I don't know if it's necessarily something that was in character. Um, it felt a little odd, like a little much. But at the same time, it was kind of fun to watch. Like, um, the whole task force thing, like, let's set up and major crimes FBI task force whatever um, where basically FBI does nothing and major crimes does everything I just found it hilarious because at my job we have task force or groups and it's just every time I'm a part of a task force or I hear about it I'm gonna think of this episode <laughs> oh and I almost forgot Provenza Increasing the printer slash copy fee to 25 cents. Shit was hilarious. And I'll tell you why. Because I think it was Amy came up to him and was like, Dude, you're raising the fee? What are you doing? Why are you doing this? And he was like, Shh, you guys will have the five cent fee, but they'll have the 25 cent fee. Like, not even saying, like, oh, don't worry about it, this is just for the FBI. No, everyone's gotta pay a fee. Just the FBI has to pay five times more than the major crimes crew, which I guess is Provenza's way of showing a little love. <laughs> it's the uh, backwards way of things, but he, you know, he tries. I don't know about you, but I am leaning towards the I like Cammy side of things. Um, she needs to learn to keep her freaking mouth shut. That's for sure. Which I think she will slowly do so. Um, but like, I totally admire her for sucker punching, punching a guy. That's the kind of girl I aspire to be. I mean, not punching people all the time, but you know, just when they deserve it. But I feel like Cammy has a lot of potential with the team. She just has to really be self-aware and read the room, as I tell my students sometimes. Read the room. Figure out the social cues. Better to have the FBI standing inside the tent and pissing out than outside the tent pissing in. But either way, I'm not cleaning it up. Darth Raider is strong in this episode, and she's only going to get stronger. I f sort of see this um, tension or internal conflict that Sharon is having with the FBI, um, the Catholic Church, and her faith, and herself, really. And it has something to do with control, and not necessarily in a bad way. Um, you know, this sharing a case with the FBI is losing a piece of control. Um, her faith, which she has grown and sustained as part of her, is being questioned now through this case. And there is a part of the season 6 trailer where Sharon is shouting at Chief Mason saying this is my jurisdiction and it's interesting because the word jurisdiction has come up 
a few times in the past two episodes. And it seems like this case is hugely important to Sharon for many different reasons, of course. Um, But I think that being in charge of this case allows her to feel some sort of ground in her life while things are sort of tumultuous in terms of the case, her health, her marriage perhaps, and anything else that's going through her mind. We know that she's going to try to call off the wedding, so there's something going on there that she's thinking about. There's her health that was not mentioned at all this episode, besides her leaning on a table or two and just getting physically exhausted. Um, So I think it's going to be an interesting little arc that's going to play out, and I really want to know what's going through her mind. But then again, who doesn't love some good Darth Raider? I love good Darth Raider. As long as she's feeling okay. (laughs) I don't want a sad or sick Darth Raider. I want a Darth Raider who, who basically slit my throat by just looking at me. That's what I want. I have put so much faith in the Catholic Church, I would ask that the Church put just a little faith in me. Let's talk about Andrea Hobbs for a second, because hashtag goals. Love that woman. She had two great scenes in this episode. One of them was when she was at the murder board, and she was pointing at each picture and going through the suspects. Totally exasperated in that very, very Andrea Hobbs way, and in the end saying, "When you've, you know, drained your suspect pool a little, can you come back? Call me, and I'll come back." But just the way that she was going through each and every suspect and just getting more and more irritated as she was going on was very fantastic. And the other scene was with Rusty. Rusty was saying, nah, man, I don't need no security detail. She was like, um, yeah, you kind of do. You know what you're dealing with here. It is a psychopathic serial killer, and you're telling me you don't need a protection detail. You're just going to get a gun. Okay, dude, whatever. What bothered me about what she said, though, There was one line in particular where she said, We're professionals. We do this all the time. And then there was some sort of like lingering sense going on. I interpreted that as a foreshadow. Something's going to happen. Stroh's going to slip through security detail or surveillance or something. I just have this feeling now that a seed to be planted and it was planted in my mind garden mind (laughs) I'm all about the analogies tonight guys Um, and if that's the start of Stro that's gonna be key into how he gets into their lives look 
when we first met, I didn't like you. Not only because you were difficult, but because I mostly dislike all teenagers. So I'm going to stop talking now and allow you to call in to the station, or you can use the discussion tab in the station right now to type out your thoughts and what you're thinking about who done it because I don't trust the priests and I don't trust the parents and per usual I have no clue who did it because I'm horrible with these things and if you have a quick second if you could retweet and reblog the station so we can get out to as many fans as possible that would be fantastic and as our dearest commander always says be safe be kind hello everyone this is dana tv freaked with my weekly segment mountain of salt <laughs> not very original but the name i mean but um yes it is what it is what can i do so i want to start with uh steph who cares about uh you know who speaks on the previously on for me it can be a robot it can be the troll himself who cares I didn't even notice that I don't recognize the voice. But, I, I mean, I didn't check it, but I trust you. And I still don't care. Anyway, I want to start with... Uh, the first scene that I want to start with is Andy and Rusty, because it was pretty much the only personal scene that we've seen so far. And seeing a scene like that is... No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, you say it was cold. I say it's more like a flu, because there was absolutely no emotion there, and... It doesn't seem like these two have been living in the same place for over a year now or so. So anyway, yeah, I would have expected to see something more personal between Andy and Rusty. But whatever. Uh, next thing I want to say is about the gun thing, which was kind of annoying because I think there, there was an opportunity there that was missed completely. Sharon could have said something against, you know, uh, having guns and everything and how easy it is for everyone to get a gun in the US and but nope it was just like you want a gun okay get a gun and i think that this opportunity was missed here and it feels like the writers keep throwing stuff in the air throwing balls in the air and instead of catching them you know back they're just letting them fall on our collective heads and it's kind of annoying and kind of makes me want to pick up a real ball and throw it at their heads because <laughs> You know, just good writing. Where is the good writing? Hello? I've read and seen interviews with James Duff more than once, unfortunately. And he he says a lot of times, he said that um, he doesn't want to, to make statements on political subjects. And I get it, but still, there are ways to, you know, refine this uh, statements and make them not so, I don't know, not to annoy anyone, but still to say what you want to say. And he never says anything. He just wants to make everyone happy. And ironically, he makes everyone just the opposite and very annoyed. But that's, um, you know, another subject. But okay. So I have a theory, but my one minute is running out. So I'm going to cut this and I'm going to start a new minute with my theory so my theory okay so <laughs> don't hate me but i kind of feel like you know sharon is not feeling very well and she's going to drag it 
I don't know, and until the end of the season, probably, well, not the very end, but like episode 10 or 11, and then she's going to go to the doctor, and he's going to check her, and he's going to say, okay, you know what, you just need to eat a little bit healthier, but everything is fine with you, you're in perfect health. And then in the night, you know, they're, they're having like the celebration uh, dinner or whatever, and in the night, guess who's breaking into the apartment? Yes, it's true, and there's a big mess, and then in the end, Rusty tries to shoot him, but guess who's his, who he's shooting instead of uh, Straw? Yes, it's Sharon. <laughs> Please don't hate me, but I don't think she, of course, she's not going to die, but maybe he's going to shoot her instead of uh, Straw, and that's going to be the actual political statement here. So should I say something about the fact that we're already two episodes into the season, which has only 13 episodes and is the final season, and nothing has happened so far regarding any personal stories. Even though Duff said in one of the interviews, yeah, I know I read them too much, but he said that since the, the season is divided to only two different cases, two, right? Am I right? Or three? Two, I think two. That that's going to leave m more time for personal stories. But guess what's not happening on the show? Yes, personal stories. Except for this one sentence that we got about Sanchez, which is, you know, annoying because that's how they always deliver personal stories. And we had, we've had this uh, rusty thing, but it also didn't take much time, and which is, of course, good. Uh, but yes, where are the personal stories? Good writing. <laughs> Bring them, please. Seriously, what are they taking there to... I don't know, was it you know, Greg Lavoy who <laughs> chose that light blue jacket with the orange tank top. What the hell? Seriously, it was one of the worst outfits that Sharon had had on in the entire show, I have to say. And the hair, what is happening with the hair? She looks like, I don't know, a character from like a movie about the 1920s or I don't know the hair is just so very strange and not in not nothing please just give us back the unicorn hair from season two and three and I think even the first half or even the entire season four I can't remember I need to watch it again but I won't but anyway yes that's all things clothes and and hair should I also say something about the ridiculous FBI agents? Because I feel like maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> it was just so over the top and unnecessary and trying too hard to be funny, but was actually stupid. I kind of miss, you know, the days between with uh, Brenda and Fritz and, and the chemistry between them and the dynamics between them because they didn't have to try hard to make it work back then. Brenda used to, like... <laughs> ridiculed the FBI and Fritz and it was still charming and funny and in the end they used to you know make out and make up and, <laughs> and it was really really nice and now it's just stupid and ridiculous FBI agents I don't know I could do without them three more things I want to say newbie is annoying as fuck I cannot stand to see her, to hear her, to anything. Why did they need to add this annoying character? Like, even Rios was better than her. Ugh. Also, Nolan, 
Nolan is so pretty. I just, you know, instead of bringing that stupid newbie, they could just have him walk topless in the office, and that would be so nice. <laughs> the last thing I want to say is Hobbs is a queen. I love her, and she's my only ray of light in the show so far, in the season so far. And the thing that she said about teenagers, don't we all feel that? Feel that? Yes, we do. So, okay, that's it for my boring rambling. And hopefully, maybe in the next few weeks, I can make it more positive. Hopefully, hopefully, but no, it's not on me. <laughs>